Genesis chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. What's happened is Judah has just got done telling Joseph that he wants to be a slave for Joseph rather than allow Benjamin to be a slave for Joseph. And now Joseph has sent all of his own servants out of the room so that he can be alone with his brothers. Basically, God has ordained all of this because God knew all along that the famine would come to Egypt and basically the whole world because all of the nations around Egypt are having famine too. And God knew that the famine would come to Canaan and that Israel's family would run out of food. And long before the famine came to Canaan, God sent Joseph to Egypt. Yeah, his brothers sold him, and that was really wicked and evil. But God used that to get Joseph into Pharaoh's household. Because unless his brothers had sold him, and unless Potiphar had put him in prison, where he met the baker and the butler, he would have never entered into Pharaoh's household. Now he's a member of the king's household, and he's the top member, right next to the king. He's the king's right-hand man, just like Jesus is the right-hand man of the father. So all of this was to save Jacob's family so that they wouldn't perish in the famine. If Joseph wasn't in Egypt, Jacob's family would have never been able to go there and get the corn because no man would have been wise enough to know to store the corn and then sell it to the nations. Only God told Joseph that. All of this is ordained to keep Jacob's family alive, to keep Israel alive, and all of the 12 tribes. The brothers, because of what Joseph has done by tricking them into thinking that he is Egyptian and that he believes they're spies and wants to harm them, they have learned through this process to actually care about each other. Because before this, they hated Joseph and probably hated Benjamin when he was born because they were the children of Rachel, who was Jacob's favorite wife. So before this, they hated Joseph and Benjamin, and they probably didn't care a whole lot about each other. It was just kind of survival. And all of this could be stemming from Rachel feeling unloved as a wife. She never felt affirmed, and she didn't really feel affection from Jacob. So she kind of transitioned that negative feeling about herself to her own sons. And they also felt rejected, even though they had no reason to feel that way. They weren't really rejected. They just weren't Jacob's favorite. And Jacob actually does care about Simeon because we learned in the last chapter he wanted Simeon to come home. So Jacob does care about all of his sons. But in this whole process with Joseph pretending to be their enemy, they've actually gotten to the point where they're willing to die for Benjamin. And they wish that they had never sold their brother because they have learned the folly of their sin. And they believe that all of this trouble came because they mistreated Joseph. You have one brother, Reuben, who was willing to let his sons be a sacrifice for Benjamin. And Judah wanted to himself be a sacrifice for Benjamin. So now the brothers are offering their own lives and their own futures for another brother, the very brother who their father loves the most. This is the complete opposite of their behavior toward Joseph when he was young. And now basically Joseph has taught them 
to care about each other. Jesus will let adversity come into our lives to discipline us and to teach us to be more like him. And so that's what you're seeing. Joseph's brothers have had a complete turnaround because of all of this drama that they've been going through. Also in the last chapter, the brothers wanted to pay their way for forgiveness with Joseph. They and their father brought him gifts, which is like sacrifice, and they also brought him double the money for the corn they were buying, plus all the money for the corn that he gave them for free on the first trip. So they're trying to pay their way, but he won't let them. He has paid for them. This is also like Jesus as well. We often want to pay for our sins. We want to make up for our sins. We don't feel good enough for Jesus, and we're not good enough, but we can never pay for salvation. We can never earn it. It's all given to us for free. So now Joseph has sent the servants away, and he's alone with his brothers too. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians heard, and the house of Pharaoh heard. So Joseph's house is connected to Pharaoh's palace. It's probably a wing within Pharaoh's palace, because some of Pharaoh's servants could hear it. 3. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were affrighted at his presence. For And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. 5. And now be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. That's what we've learned. God sent Joseph to Egypt. So sometimes when horrible tragedy happens, it's ordained by God. He's always going to use it if you're living for him. He's going to use every tragedy in your life for his own glory and to bring about his will. 6. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and there are yet five years, in which there shall be neither plowing nor harvest. So he's telling them there's five more years of famine. 7. And God sent me before you to give you a remnant on the earth and to save you alive for a great deliverance. God is preserving this family line all throughout the generations, even to today. 8. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and a lord of all his house, and a ruler over all the land of Egypt. 9. Hasten ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son, Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Pharaoh has made Joseph lord over everything. He says he's made me a father to Pharaoh. And in wisdom and governance, he is like a father to Pharaoh because Pharaoh lets him make all of the decisions. This is also symbolic of the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus and the Father are one. 10. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. 11. And there will I sustain thee, for there are yet five years of famine, lest thou come to poverty, thou and thy household, and all that thou hast. So God is actually saving their prosperity. God doesn't want them to lose any of their property or cattle or money. Their inheritance is the land of Canaan, not the land of Egypt. But he wants to temporarily bring them to Egypt so that they can survive the famine. 12. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. 13. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. And ye shall hasten and bring down my father hither. 14. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. 
15, and he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. See how each brother as an individual, he cried over. He literally grabbed them, hugged them, and cried on their neck. Men would often greet each other by kissing them on the neck. And here he is weeping on their necks. This is 11 brothers. This took time. So this is probably like a whole hour a time at least, or 45 minutes, where Joseph is going from brother to brother, just weeping. This shows the intimacy that Christ has with every single one of us. Christ has all the time in the world for you. Even though at the same time he's ministering to me, he's also ministering to you. He isn't short of love. He isn't short of compassion, kindness, and affection for you. He isn't short of time for you. So you can spend all day with Jesus, and that won't prevent him from spending all day with somebody else. And here Joseph has the time to cry and have an intimate exchange with every single brother, one by one. 16. And the report thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. So everybody was happy for Joseph. When we go to heaven, Father God and all the angels will be happy for us uniting with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. 17. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan. 18. And take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. 19. Now thou art commanded, This do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Isn't that beautiful? Pharaoh is offering them wagons to transport the women and the children in so that they don't have to walk and the men can walk with the cattle so that they can come back to him in style. 20. Also regard not your stuff, for the good things of all the land of Egypt are yours. So Pharaoh is saying, you can leave everything behind because when you come here, you're going to have even more in abundance. 21. And the sons of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. 22. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five changes of raiment. You know, he always gives Benjamin five times. But he does give all of his brothers a new garment. In the olden days, people didn't have very many changes of clothing because it took so much time and expense to make one garment. So getting a new change of clothing is a big deal back in those times. And especially if it's fine clothing, I'm sure Joseph gave them the absolute best. And so it was even more expensive what Joseph gave them. When we go to heaven, what's God going to do? The very first thing... Even when we're still in the clouds with Jesus before we actually go into heaven, the very first thing he's going to do is give us new clothes, a white raiment. We'll be dressed in pure white, sparkling, shining, bright white that is so bright it's whiter than any snow. So that's what God is going to dress us in. But here Joseph is dressing his brothers. 23. And to his father he sent in like manner ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt, and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and victual for his father, by the way. All of this food will help them to come back. They can eat while they're traveling. And they need a lot of food because they have hundreds of people because of their households, all of their servants, plus all of their kids and wives, plus all of the cattle. 
24. So he sent his brethren away and they departed. And he said unto them, see that ye fall not out by the way. He's basically saying, take care, you know, get back safely. 25. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob, their father. 26. And they told him saying, Joseph is yet alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart fainted for he believed them not that would be hard to believe if you first thought your son was dead and now you're being told that your son is the ruler of Egypt. 27. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. So the wagons were physical proof that the brother's story was true. And plus all the details that they told their dad would show them that it was a true story. It's interesting that the Bible never says that the brothers confessed to the father that they had sold Jacob or that Jacob accuses the brothers of selling Joseph. I think this has a lot to do with respect for family, just as Joseph never told anybody in Egypt that his brothers sold him. And when Jesus forgives you, he doesn't talk about your sin anymore. It's Satan who keeps trying to bring your sin up in your memory. After you've repented and you've been forgiven, Satan keeps reminding you over and trying to torment you with it. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't remind you of the sins that he's forgiven you of. Now, he will remind you of sins that he has not forgiven you of because you haven't repented yet. But once you've fully repented and you hate that sin and you never want to do it again and you ask Jesus to forgive you, it's over. It's gone. That's what you see here in the scripture with this story. The brothers have long repented of what they did to Joseph, and Joseph and his father don't speak of it. 28. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. And that concludes Genesis chapter 45.